In every important city throughout the United States are the inconspicuous headquarters of men whose job is to see rather than to be seen, to listen rather than to talk, and to act when they act with swiftness and certainty. They are the men of the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the most widely known of all U.S. law enforcement agencies. At the head of each of the FBI's 51 field officers is a special agent in charge who is responsible in his district for the war against crime which the Bureau is perpetually waging. Yep, the war against crime with the FBI is perpetually waging. Um, so we're going to talk about the FBI today. Uh, that's a 1941 documentary. Uh, it's hilarious. Uh, just look it up on uh, periscope.com. Um, the FBI has been in a war, but most of their war is against the U.S. citizens. Uh, they're a corrupt criminal organization from the beginning. Uh, today, I'm going to talk about some of the history. Uh, the the Trump home raid is uh, brought them the highlight this week, so they're not uh, as secret as they said they were in 1941. But there's lots more to look at. Uh, this episode was hard to put together because there's so much to choose from. Waco, Ruby Ridge, the Michigan governor kidnap plot. And you can go back to them threatening Martin Luther King. And of course, J. Edgar Hoover, um, criminal uh, in charge of the whole thing. So I want to talk about some of the history. Um, J. Edgar Hoover started in 1917. It was called the uh, Bureau of Investigation, uh, BOI, uh, which was essentially the same thing. Uh, in 1924, he became the director. Uh, their their big business in World War One and World War Two they were uh, big in the uh, subversives they went against anyone who was against the war if you were against Herbert Hoover's war uh, the FBI would go after you um, same uh, later in World War Two that was a huge business uh, then they got into alcohol lots of money to be made in alcohol then uh, states some states were making illegal and then when prohibition came. Uh, they were very big in the uh, bootleg business and going after bootleggers. Uh, there's a guy you may have heard of, Means, Means famous uh, FBI agent, who uh, made a fortune as a uh, bootleg FBI guy who took money from bootleggers to stop them from being prosecuted. Um, lots of money made in there. Uh, anyway, in 1935, um, as uh, alcohol was uh, um, uh, fading from their business in the FBI, and they eventually repealed the amendment to that. Uh, they reorganized the FBI and the organization that they had temporarily signed that was an anti-prohibition uh, organization. Uh, 1935, J. Edgar Hoover took over. Um, uh, he was really already the director. Anyway, he held that position for 48 years. Like, there's right there, that's a huge red flag. So from 1924 until he died in 1972, uh, that's longer run than any of the any of Supreme Court justices get their job till death. Uh, so F. J. Edgar Hoover started with Calvin Coolidge as president and went all the way to Richard Nixon. Uh, he ended up his career. He had files on 433,000 Americans, uh, some notorious criminals. He had big file on Albert Einstein, Eleanor Roosevelt. Colonel Sanders, yeah, very dangerous people, very dangerous people. Uh, the FBI, there, there are various businesses. I touched on two, but they've spent their entire time looking for power and money. Um, it's really a war on Americans. Uh, so they started with the war on anti-war Americans. So if you're against World War I, World War II, 
Uh, and then later, if you're against Vietnam, if you're against Korea, uh, FBI definitely went after you for that. Uh, then they got into alcohol, as I said, with the Volstead Act, um, big business for the FBI. After that ended, the FBI had to look around for something new. Uh, they might have folded. You know, they, there was no war going on and there was no uh, alcohol prohibition ended. So they needed a new war. Uh, they found out about the drugs. So they kind of started into the war on drugs. Huge business. That one uh, is still going well for them. And then 9-11 terrorism came up. So then they really got into the anti-terrorism business. So that's that's basically their businesses. That's how they've grown. Um, Christopher Ray is now the director. Uh, one fun tidbit factoid on 2021, there were 34,000 warrantless searches conducted by the FBI in 2021 under Christopher Ray. So I'm going to just pick out a few events. Like I said in the beginning, the FBI has just done so much. Um, it's It was hard to do the show, and I want to try to keep this to an hour. So Beverly, cut me off if I get past an hour. So start with this year, 2022, which kicked me off to do this episode, the Trump home raid last week. So the FBI sent 30 men and a safe cracker. Uh, they timed it to when Trump was away and they seized 11 packages of classified documentation, uh, according to the inventory they just released on Friday. So they released the warrant. Uh, I read the warrant. Uh, you can find that online very easily. I'll post the link in the show notes. Um, and the warrant included the property receipt. So uh, this is something that Trump has had for a year and a half in his estate. Uh, Director Way waited weeks to approve it, but he, he approved the warrant. Uh, they finally got the warrant on a Friday, but the agents waited till Monday to execute it. I guess they didn't want to work on the weekend. And they claim like this is a crisis. Uh, he's had this stuff for a year and a half. Uh, all these stories about Trump is going to sell nuclear secrets to Russia. Like if you watch MSNBC, that seems like what, what they think this is about. Um, even if that ridiculous idea was true, uh, why did they wait a year and a half? Uh, why did they wait weeks to approve it? Why did they wait till the end of the weekend? Uh, why did they time it so Trump wasn't there? Uh, Trump's lawyer was there, though. She showed up. Uh, they did tell the Secret Service shortly before the FBI agents came. Heavily armed thugs showed up. Um, so the, the Trump's attorney was there, but she wasn't allowed to watch. That's weird. Uh, listen to reports from former FBI agents. Like if they went to somebody's house to search, if the attorney was there, that would be great. Like, please come with us and we'll make sure that you know exactly what's going on. That helps the case later. Uh, but no, they didn't let they didn't let her watch. That's a weird one. Um, attorney General Merritt Garland, he personally approved the raid. It's hard to believe nobody in the White House knew. This is unprecedented, as they said. Um, they didn't tell the Florida attorney general. Uh, they didn't tell the Florida state police. They didn't even tell the local police. Uh, why is that? Um, the only speculation is it's an FBI fishing expedition. This is my speculation, of course, but I see no other reason for this. Uh, what they ultimately want is a photo op with Trump and handcuffs. That's uh, a political stunt for the election. All right, enough of that. There's lots of reporting on that. Uh, I'm just going to back up through the years. So that was the 2022 FBI. 2021, January 6th Capitol invasion. Uh, FBI is big on that. They spent a lot of time going after the people for trespassing, basically. 
lock people up for a year for that. Uh, they're very busy, very busy. So a lot of money to be made in this. And they found all kinds of people through cell phone records. But Ray Epps, they don't seem to be interested in Ray Epps, who looks like an organizer. Anybody that thinks the FBI doesn't know who Ray Epps is, I, I don't understand how you, they have to know who Ray Epps is. They're not even interested in Ray Epps. Um, enough on that one. 2020. What did the FBI do in 2020? Remember the Michigan Governor Whitman kidnap plot? Whitmer kidnap plot? Uh, 12 of the people involved were FBI informants uh, in, in the court filing. Um, it, it was more than half the people. Uh, there was FBI agents all over this thing. Uh, they encouraged, they boosted, they pushed, they provided ideas. Basically, this was an entrapment plot. plot. Uh, FBI got a bunch of crackpots, and then they thwarted the plot. It's the FBI creating their own crime to solve. Uh, is the purpose of the FBI to counter the threat that's posed by the existence of the FBI? That's what it looks like in the terrorism stuff, their terrorism business. Uh, 2016, remember the Trump campaign? Uh, FBI really went after that. Uh, obviously that it was the FBI doing uh, political moves. Uh, the Steele dossier from British spy Christopher Steele. Uh, that was a fake uh, political opposition report financed by the Hillary complaint campaign. That's what started this Russian collusion hoax that all the uh, legacy mass media jumped on and, and the Democrat Party. Um, the FBI grabbed that and used it for all sorts of stuff. They got warrants. They spied on Trump campaign advisor Carter Page. Uh, basically, and, and the FBI admitted they knew it was fake. It's obviously fake. Uh, you don't have to even read much of it to realize the whole thing was just a fake campaign thing. The FBI took it and ran with it. Uh, they had to know. Uh, 2014, there was an interesting study by uh, Human Rights Watch. They looked at hundreds of cases that the FBI said they stopped terrorism events. Nearly all had some FBI involvement. Uh, a lot of them were pretty much FBI setups. Uh, they looked closely at, at recent uh, 27 cases, 25 cases, 23 of them uh, they accused the FBI that they were entirely created by FBI informants and undercover agents. Um, uh, I have a link for that. It's rt.com slash USA is where that's at. Uh, it's a good study, Human Human Rights Watch. Um, it, it really looks like most of the cases that the FBI stops of terrorism since 1911, 9-11, when they got in this business, were actually either partially or entirely created by the FBI. And maybe they're not all doing it on purpose, but that's their thing. They infiltrate groups, they encourage people to do something, and then they stop them before they do it. Uh, most of the articles that are val that look valid, you know, somebody that really knows, they say that the people that they're catching, like no credible terrorist organization would ever, ever uh, go after use these people. Like they're a bunch of knuckleheads generally, and and schizophrenics and druggies and um, that isn't that isn't the kind of approach that real real terrorism use. And one of the things I liked about this study is that they listed several cases, including the Boston uh, bomber, um, several other ones where the FBI had no involvement. It was um, so that's a good sign when somebody does that. They say, well, it's not all, and actually here's some that the FBI did thwart that we found no sign that of FBI informants involved in setting it up. So that helps make that look a little, a little better.
Um, a couple years earlier, let's go back to 1993. Probably remember the Waco, uh, Texas, the Branch Davidian compound, the FBI attack. So the, the Branch Davidians, that's a Seventh-day Adventist splinter group. Uh, oh, by the way, they're totally rejected by the mainstream Seventh-day Adventist church. Um, it is kind of a splinter group, but there's a lot of people in it, uh, tens of thousands at some point. Um, there was the Davidians were founded in 1935, and then in 1955, the Branch Davidians formed. Uh, they're the ones that bought that thousand-acre ranch near Texas. Um, they basically wanted to be left alone. Uh, they were a little crazy. They thought the world was going to end. Uh, 1959, the uh, their big prophet at the time said the world was going to end in 1959. Jesus was going to come back, and, and there was going to be an apocalypse, and they were going to be attacked. Um, it didn't happen, so... She fell from favor in the organization. But eventually, David Koresh, I studied Bible prophecy. He became a leader, lots of infighting. They were living in this rural farming area. One of their big businesses was firearms. They bought uh, a business that, that was going out of business. They bought all their arms. Uh, this was in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, and they were making a lot of money selling guns at Texas gun shows, uh, mostly legally. All legally, maybe, but this, at least mostly legally. Uh, one of the things interesting that happened, like AR-15 style rifles, doubled in value during this time. So they were they were doing pretty well. Uh, by the way, the reason is like 1989, California banned assault rifles. 1990, New Jersey banned assault rifles. A uh, bunch of states were doing that. That led up to the 19, uh, 1994 federal assault weapon ban that went for 10 years. Talked about that on an earlier show. So yeah, ARs and other type rifles, a lot of weapons doubled in value when, when the federal government tried to, as they were coming up to that ban. So they were doing okay. Uh, mostly they just wanted to be left alone. Um, there's uh, accusations of sex with minor girls. It's probably true. Uh, but anyway, the ATF, uh, they didn't like these guys. They don't like fundamental Christian organizations who want to be left alone um, and have guns. Uh, anti, they were kind of an anti-government group. Uh, they're one of their tenets is that uh, the apocalypse was going to come and the group was going to be attacked and then the world was going to end. And so they were preparing for that attack. So the ATF was surveilling their property and it turned out they did have a lot of guns. Uh, so they don't like that. So they tried to get a warrant. They couldn't get a warrant. Um, so then they claimed that they had drugs too. Oh, and they said about the sex with minors. So, but the drugs is what put it over the edge. They managed to get a warrant. So the a, the ATF attempted to execute a search warrant. No knock, of course, that's how they have the most fun. Uh, they never presented the warrant um, for weapons violations, uh, selling, maybe converting semi-automatics to automatics. Ooh, terrible thing, right? Uh, but anyway, their method was to come in heavy handed. Uh, they didn't realize these guys uh, they were waiting for this. They thought this kind of thing was going to happen. It's like part of the religion. They thought the attack was happening, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, it turned into a gun battle. Um, seven, 70 agents attacked. Like That's how they executed the warrant. 70 agents attacked. Turned into a gunfight. Four ATF agents were killed. 16 were wounded. And five Branch Davidians were killed. That brought in the FBI. So the FBI shows up with 54-ton tanks, 50-caliber rifles, it turned into a nearly two-month standoff. Um, they shut off the power and the water, but the Branch Davidians were prepared for it. Uh, this was a, 
a, a mind-boggling criminal action by the FBI that just kept going worse and worse and worse. Uh, they end up setting up whole camps surrounding the area. Um, the neighbors were all there protesting. It was all over the news. Um, I remember this being on the TV. Uh, eventually, the, the siege went on for 51 days. Uh, the FBI started using tear gas. Um, they took tanks and drove them into the buildings so that the, they had to retreat into the center. But these guys were not going to give up easily. Um, basically, they wanted to be left alone. Uh, it ended up with a fire killing something like 80 people, uh, 24 or so children. Um, you know, in the in the aftermath, there were eight of the Branch Davidians, eight of the survivors were convicted of firearm charges. Um, okay. Uh, five for voluntary manslaughter. Uh, that's in the deaths of the, of the agents. Uh, they did bring some civil suits against the government. They were all dismissed. See, look at this. This is the deadliest church massacre in U.S. history by the FBI. It's also the deadliest school mass death in U.S. history. It's bigger than Ovalde, Texas, bigger than Sandy Hook uh, by the FBI. Um, the Branch Davidians still live on the property today. They're, I've looked at some pictures current day. It's a nice rural area. Anyway, the FBI, that was a, one of the horrendous examples of FBI. Uh, 1992, remember Ruby Ridge? Another FBI attack. That was uh, Randy Weaver. He was a Green Beret. He was a John Deere factory worker uh, living in, in uh, I Iowa. He found out it was illegal to homeschool his kids and the farming economy has gone bad. So he went to a cabin in northern Idaho and uh, wanted to be left alone. Um, he went to three meetings of the Aryan nation. Uh, he said, one of the quotes from him I saw is that he usually ended up arguing. So he went to three and stopped and he argued with them. But during that time, an FBI agent who had infiltrated the, the Aryan nation white supremacist group had befriended Randy and convinced him to make two sold-off shotguns for him. Um, which took a while. Apparently it took a year, but, but he eventually said, okay, he would do it. So he made them and uh, sold them to this FBI agent infiltrator. Uh, and then the FBI used that to blackmail Weaver. So they told him they would jail him for the guns because he sold, sold off shotgun or had to be an informant on the white separatist organization, which he wasn't really part of, even though he did, I think he did have some of that attitude. Anyway, uh, Randy Weaver refused to be an FBI agent he, a foreman. He said he wouldn't be a snitch and he didn't really want to participate in that. So they indicted him on weapons charges uh, for the sold-off shotguns and maybe some guns he had at home. I don't know. He did have guns at home. Uh, the guy never even had a traffic ticket. He was never charged with any crime. Uh, it all came from this. He just wanted to live in the woods and be alone. Um, the FBI agents uh, didn't want to go to his house because they were surrounding the, the property or the ATF was originally um, the FBI comes in as soon as uh, they see there's a lot of power and money to be made here. Um, anyway, they tricked them with a woman fake. They faked a car breakdown. And when Randy Weaver and his wife stopped to help, they threw them both on the ground, arrested them for the gun charges. Uh, he said, I don't trust you people. We went to his cabin and stayed up there with his kids. Um, they uh, gave him a court indictment. They gave him a court order. He had to appear in court on the weapons charges. He said he doesn't believe he'd get a fair trial. Come and give him the warrant. He just stayed. Um, so anyway, what happened is uh, FBI agents surrounded the house. 
they set up cameras. They put up bugs. Uh, one day, the the young son was out walking. Fourteen year old son Sam Weaver. Uh, he was out walking in the woods. He had a gun which he carried when he was walking in the woods because there were large animals in that area to scare off a bear and uh, some other type of animals. That's what they said anyway. Um, He's walking in the woods. Uh, the dog alerted to these agents, although the kids said he didn't see it. Uh, and there was also he was with one of Randy's friends. Um, the dog started barking. So the FBI agents shot the dog. Uh, when the dog was shot, Randy shot into the, not Randy, uh, Samuel, the son. He shot into the woods to scare whoever shot his dog and then started running away. Uh, the FBI snipers shot him in the back and killed him. Um, so the, the dead dog, dead some. Uh, he came back uh, to the house. Um, uh, the friend, Kevin Harris, come back to the house, uh, said Sam was shot. Um, the uh, Randy was outside. Uh, Vicki Weaver, the wife, holding a 10-month baby, she came out into the doorway and said, everybody get into the house. And so the FBI shot her, killed her. Um, she was just standing in the doorway telling them to get into the house. Um, so she's dead. They drag her into the kitchen. Now, Randy Weaver, he's thinking, if I even go outside, they're just going to shoot me. Uh, they already shot his son. Um, they also shot Kevin Harris. He was uh, seriously injured. Uh, the FBI brought in a military camp. They ended up with 400 federal agents. Uh, you look at the pictures of that. It's a huge compound of tents and armored vehicles and helicopters flying around. And um, you think you're in Afghanistan or something. Is in the woods of Idaho. 400 guys uh, surrounded by snipers. Um, they eventually did get them to come out. Um, there's a PBS documentary on it, which I watched. Uh, it makes out the FBI to be little heroes in a sad event, but you can see some, you know, what, what a tough job the government has, according to them. But you can learn about it from that. Uh, it's a PBS video. It's good. So Randy was tried for multiple crimes, including murder, although he had never fired a shot at anyone during this whole thing. Uh, they still tried him for murder. Uh, he was acquitted of all crimes except for failure to appear. So basically, 400 FBI agents uh, killed the dog, his son Sam. They killed his wife standing in the doorway. They almost killed his friend. Uh, Randy did get shot in the hand uh, as part of this. And the only crime they ended up with was failure to appear in court. And it was for a gun crime that an FBI agent uh, basically enticed him into doing. Uh, he sued the federal government for Vicki Ann Samuel's death, and he was awarded $3 million. So what was the aftermath of this for the federal agents? The, the guy who shot Sam in the back and killed him, he was awarded the Medal of Valor. Uh, the FBI agent who assassinated Vicky, there's no other word for that. She's standing in the doorway holding a 10-month-old baby, uh, standing in, next to the teenage daughter who survived all this too. Uh, they just assassinated her. Uh, he was charged, but the charges was immediately dropped. Um, the guy who ordered the whole thing was Larry Potts. He was promoted to deputy director. Um, you know, Randy wanted to be left alone in the woods and homeschool his kids. Uh, and he had some guns and he didn't want to be an FBI snitch. That's basically what the problem was. So there's the penalty. Dead wife, dead son. 
the interviews with his daughter are pretty traumatic to watch. She was a teenager standing next to her mother in the doorway, and she got splattered by her muddy mother's brain body parts. Um, yeah, pretty horrifying. Uh, there's the FBI. Um, again, this is hard to pick out. I'll go back. I'll just touch on a few others. Watergate. Uh, you remember Nixon and the whole break-in of the National Democratic Committee headquarters. Uh, James McLeod was the chief wiretapper, a former FBI agent. He was arrested actually at Watergate. He's one of the guys arrested. I uh, remember G. Gordon Liddy, uh, FBI agent. He was the counsel to reelect the president. He's the organizer of the break-in. Uh, he did go to jail. Um, they're sort of former agents, but the FBI is all over that one. Uh, there's some, some fun ones uh, I was going to show a link, but in interest of time, I'll skip it. There's a video called 10 Cartoonishly Evil Criminal Actions by the FBI. Uh, there's some good ones in there, some I didn't even know about before. Uh, Joseph the Animal Barboza, he was a hitman. Uh, the FBI got him in 1965 on board as an informant. So he was basically informing on his competitors. And the FBI kept him around and prevented him from going to jail. Uh, they gave him information on his competitors and they let him be a hitman for the mob uh, for years. Uh, one of the things that happened is he did actually get caught by the cops and so the uh, and, and was going to go to jail. Um, so what the FBI did is they picked out four knuckleheads and faked evidence and then they used the actual guy Barboza as a witness on the stand and they put four people in jail for life essentially for life, for murders that this FBI informant did. And the FBI set this all up. Like, it's not that they just knew about it. Like, this was their plan. So they falsely convicted and jailed people for life. Uh, two of the guys died in jail. Um, the other two, uh, a, a little while ago, this all came out. Uh, I don't know how it came out. But the other two guys were actually released, although they had spent most of their life in jail. For crime, they had nothing to do with. They were totally framed by the FBI. One or two more, then I'll stop with the list. 1963, they were spying on Martin Luther King. Uh, the, I read the FBI statements or listened to an interview. The FBI thought said that Martin Luther King was the most dangerous black man in the U.S. And they thought a lot of black men in 1963 were dangerous. This was the Black Panther time when they were going after them. They were like breaking into... Black Panther offices and just shooting people. Um, that was kind of a fun thing the FBI was doing at the time. Uh, so the FBI sent Martin Luther King a letter. Uh, they had him on tape uh, having extramarital affairs. Not to contone that, but why is the FBI watching that? Uh, they tried to get him to commit suicide. They threatened him. Uh, they suggested he should commit suicide. They quoted Bible verses and everything. That was the FBI. That letter is out. You can find that on the web if you want. Um. And then you go back into J. Edgar Hoover days. Oh, geez. I don't even want to get into it. I'll just mention one. In the 1930s, uh, the FBI was caught wiretapping the Supreme Court conference room where they discussed cases. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover attempted to justify that. <laughs> um, that's pretty crazy. Uh, you think the FBI doesn't mind tapping you, like tapping Donald Trump? Sure. Of course they would. They they tapped the Supreme Court's conference room. Um, ridiculous. All right. I better stop there. I'm a half hour into the show. I'm still talking about it. Again, I could go on for two more hours 
And probably if I spend another two days research, I could do two more hours like that. Uh, the FBI has been a corrupt criminal organization right from the beginning. So interestingly, change the subject here. What is the basis for the FBI? So when this Trump thing uh, happened, and uh, I've thought about this before, but I haven't seen too much about it. Um, what really is the FBI based on? So you got to go back to the Constitution. I, I did start with the FBI's website. Uh, it has the basis for the FBI's authority. All they do is list, list a bunch of congressional acts, which they say give them this power to basically do whatever they want. Uh, that's what the that's what the FBI claims, uh, but they never even try to come up with a constitutional basis. So the first place to look, Article 1, Section 8, that's Congress's power. So I read it. I've read it a bunch of times trying to find this. I can only find two things in here that Congress even has a power to get into as far as, as legal basis for a, for a uh, police force. Um, and, and what I'm looking for is is there a basis for a federal police force? So one of the things in here, it says to provide for the punishment of counterfeiting the securities and current coin in the United States. Okay, they can, Congress can do punishment for counterfeiting of the dollar um, or gold coin, gold and silver coin, which is the only thing that's supposed to be constitutionally used for debt to the United States, but then I digress. Um, second one is to define and punish piracies and felonies committed on the high seas and offenses against the law of nations. Uh, th that's it in here. Um, somebody else finds another one. I'll consider it. Uh, it does say to make all laws which shall be necessary and proper for carrying it execution, the foregoing powers. So perhaps someone could argue, and uh, maybe I wouldn't try to argue against it that Congress can fund an a, a FBI, a police organization that goes after counterfeiters of the current coin in the United States and goes after pirates and felonies committed on the high seas. Uh, I can't find anything else in there um, that Congress could fund a police organization for that operates throughout the United States. Uh, the next place to look in the, the book here, uh, check Article 2. That defines what the president is allowed to do, which defines what the executive branch is allowed to do because the FBI, the three-letter agencies, they're executive branch agencies. So they're operating, they should be operating under the authority of Article 2 of the Constitution. Um, Article 2, Section 2 defines uh, several things the president is allowed to do. Um, and by then, what executive branches are allowed to do. There's absolutely nothing even remotely like a federal police force with 56 branches throughout the United States involved in all sorts of crimes, which they're allowed to figure out what they want to work on. Uh, nothing even close. Um, then Article uh, 2, Section 3 says that the president shall take care that all laws be faithfully executed. So there's an executive thing. So. Maybe under that, given the two uh, crimes that I found in Article 1 that Congress can establish funding for, counterfeiting and piracies and felonies in the high seas, uh, perhaps you could argue that the president is allowed to have uh, agents that um, maintain laws that Congress makes about counterfeiting and piracies. Uh, other than that, like 
war on drugs, like now, uh, war on terrorism, now. Uh, these these are state things. Per the Constitution, these should be in the states. So I can't find a basis. Uh, anybody want to come up with one, uh, put it in chat and I'll, I'll look at it. But I can't see why the FBI is constitutional at all. So what should we do? Um, the first thing, uh, there's plenty of calls uh, even in Newsweek. Uh, there's a great article in Newsweek. Mainstream media, they're saying they must impeach Merritt Garland and Christopher Way, uh, the attorney general and the director of the FBI. Um, they're saying they need to be impeached for the Trump raid alone. Um, there's lots of other stuff to get them on if you want to impeach them. Illegal, criminal, corrupt, unconstitutional um, actions. Um, yeah. And actually what I think, if you actually care about this, the whole FBI should be shut down. Perhaps there's a few FBI agents out in the field offices doing something good for the sake of argument. There may be. Um, anybody that's really honestly doing what an organization like that should do should jump at the state chance to move to a state-based law enforcement agency and get away from the corruption and the criminality of the FBI and Washington, D.C. Uh, so any assets that are worthwhile, uh, I'd be willing to accept an argument that maybe there are a few. Uh, legally, constitutionally, transfer them to the state authorities. But I suspect that pretty much everything the FBI is doing should just be shut down. Take the J. Edgar Hoover building, named after one of the most corrupt bureaucrats, 48 years in office. Uh, that's what the FBI headquarters named after. Sell that building, building right in the middle of Washington, D.C. That'd be worth something. Maybe pay off a little of the debt. Um, there's a good article I read on Mises.org, if you ever watch the uh, Mises Wire. Uh, it's called Abolish the FBI. Check it out. Uh, pretty good article. Um, anyway, that's my view. We should just get rid of the FBI. Uh, it's not constitutional. Uh, nearly everything they do is illegal. Uh, they've been corrupt from the beginning and criminal organization from the beginning. Uh, you look at all those lists of things that they've done, horrendous, horrendous, long, long list of horrendous things. Uh, you could look at what they haven't done. Sometimes that's just as informative. Uh, they didn't go after Hillary. James Comey, the FBI director, when the whole uh, email server thing came up, uh, he said, no, nah, we don't see anything here worth punishing. Uh, she had an email server in her house with top secret documents on it. Uh, when they subpoenaed it, they destroyed the server and they took a hammer to the cell phones that were connected to it. Like, And it didn't do anything. That's just as interesting what the FBI has done. Um, what is the FBI known about? FBI knew about the Pulse Club, Pulse nightclub shooter well before. I didn't do anything. FBI knew about the Parkland shooter. Uh, he was reported months before he committed the shooting and killed everybody that people said that he's got a lot of guns. He's saying he's going to kill somebody. He's saying he's going to shoot up a school. Uh, they knew about the 9-11 hijackers. I uh, remember there were several reports to the FBI from the uh, places that were training the airline pilots. Uh, they got these Muslims, foreign nationals, Muslims, don't talk much. They'll learn how to fly a plane. They refuse to learn to land. They're not interested in learning how to land. That's a little weird. They got reported. Several of them got reported for that. Um, 
FBI never did anything about that. Uh, so what they don't do is just as interesting as what they did, did do. Anyway, I conclude from all this, shut down the FBI. Uh, they're dangerous to liberty. They're dangerous to American citizens. Their purpose is nothing to do with keeping us safe. Never was. Their purpose is power, money, corruption. And maybe there's, again, a few things the FBI is doing here and there that should be done by the states. The way this United States is supposed to be arranged, police is a power of the state and local. Police is not a power of, of the federal government. There's nothing to justify a federal police force doing what the FBI is doing. Shut it down now. All right. Comments welcome. If anybody can find a constitutional basis for the FBI, let me know. I can't find it. I'm interested if somebody has an argument for it. All right. Goodbye for now. Hey, you have uh, a couple super chats that you should read. Oh, okay. I'll put them on screen. Go for it. Thanks for the super chat. Crusader General says the FBI is nothing more than enablers and protectors of the globalist Predu cabal. Yep. Totally agree there. The uh, enablers and protectors. Remember, police work for the government. Uh, it's true even of local police. But the FBI is there to protect the FBI, number one. Uh, secondly, they're there to protect the federal government power and authority. So that's the whole purpose of the FBI. And yep, they're enablers. They are enablers. Good good comment. Uh, we got another one. Lavoie Finicum, rest in peace. Ah, uh, the Utah rancher. Yes, I skipped that one, but let, let's bring him up. Uh, he was a rancher that was basically had cattle on, on um, government property. There's a fun thing to talk about. Like, how can the government's not even supposed to have any territory? But, you know, they own half of California, supposedly. Uh, Lavoie Finicum was executed by the FBI. Uh, all he did is say, I want to my cattle. So, yep, there's another good example. Thanks for the super chat. Shut it down now, I say. Is there any more, Beverly? Uh, I think that was all of them. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching. I'll see you next Wednesday on Rebel Civics. Thanks for sticking around until the end. If you're new to Unsafe Space, check out our deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett Weinstein. And please consider helping to fund our work by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server which is open to financial supporters at any level. We hope to see you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production is known by the state of California to cause unregulated ideation that may be harmful to bureaucrats. Association with the following individuals or tacos. This is strictly prohibited.
Apropos of nothing, I was just wondering how would you feel about another pandemic? Your president is in full control of his mental faculties. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis Never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.